Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Happy New Year's, Liana. Happy New Year, Dom. Yeah, thank you. So this time of year, it's an interesting time of year because everyone makes New Year's resolutions. They want to grow personally, professionally. Love a bit of growth. Yeah, the achievement mindset. That's awesome. We want to grow and develop. And what I wanted to talk about in this podcast was around, you know, with people making New Year's resolutions, one, what does a good goal look like? And then two, and this is the one I think everyone struggles with, is how do you follow through? How do you stick to it? Because I think notoriously we all feel like we set this lofty goal and then, you know, come February... We've forgotten about it. Mm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on those two things. And maybe it can help some people who are contemplating their New Year's resolutions as we speak. Mm. So if we start off like a goal, what's a goal? How do you set a good goal? Well, it's interesting. As you, as you were saying that it was prompting my thinking, you know, what, what causes people to do that taper off around the goals that they set? Yeah. And it sometimes does come back to what they've set or how they've set it. Uh-huh. Um you know, how attached are they to the goal? Um, doesn't mean something to them, really. Yeah. And then sometimes I think the reason that people taper off is because they might have set an unclear goal or oh. an ambiguous one, or they've set a goal that is so lofty and they haven't chunked it down into sort of more manageable chunks. Yeah, like right. That's sort of the things that are coming to my mind as so you're I'm asking the question. I'm going to get the six-pack of abs. Yeah. But I don't know how to actually start going there. And yeah, I'm not really committed to, to and I'm not really committed to doing the hard work that it takes. Yeah. If I'm the why. Why do we yeah, want to see exactly. that? Yeah. So what is in the goal? Is that the question? Yeah, well, how do you set a good goal? Yeah. Uh, you know, the the thing I love about New Year is we get this kind of clean slate. Yeah. Right? And it feels like you know, same with birthdays and stuff. It feels like like, well, you know, two thousand eighteen Dominic didn't have six pack abs, but you better watch out in two thousand and nineteen. It's coming with a vengeance. You know, you get this chance to kind of, I guess, start it all again, you know, and have another crack at it. Yeah. I often think that, and it is an exciting time from that perspective, if you can look at the way forward as, you know, the world of opportunity, you know, what's possible. I suppose that one of the things I notice about people when they're clear on their goals is that they're clear on the why and why it matters to them. Oh. So they've been able to, if you think about the concept of grit, which is... It actually is self-actualizing achievement. So we we, yep. are, we are gritty around a goal when we are doing something that is is not only clear around what does good look like, but it is in alignment with what we value and hold important. Uh. So, you know, take your six-pack um, <laughs> analogy. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a very visible goal, right? So if if it was very important to you that appearing um, a certain way. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, I suppose maybe it, when I'm thinking about people that really good at fitness goals, they they, they kind of have a, a firm belief that feeling healthy and feeling good and looking after their body is important so that they can lift their kids and put them into the car without uh-huh. straining their back so that they if they have a physical job so that they can, you know, let's just say they're a physio or not, so that they can do their job more effectively. They seem to attach a kind of an important why to them. Right. There's a higher meaning to it rather than just 
Just for the sake of it. Sake of it. Yeah. So I'll go and lift dumbbells or whatever at the gym, but why uh, is it important to you? So I think that's kind of what I'm getting at when I talk about a goal being kind of in aligned with what's what and why it's important and valuable to you uh, as a starting point, I suppose. Yeah. So really focusing on, okay, well, I think that's probably why a lot of people don't follow through is that they set goals that they feel that they're supposed to set. Yes. Like you're supposed to set, I'm going to go to the gym every week from now on. And you're supposed to set, like, I'm going to meditate 20 minutes every day. And you're supposed to set, you know, I'm going to spend more time with family or something, you know? It's so true to doing it it because you're supposed to versus the why. Because you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And any goal like that, which is kind of external to you, is going to be pretty challenging to to follow through on. Or you're going to do it for kind of the wrong reasons. Yeah, what you just said then, it's kind of, it's responding to what external expectations of you versus what's intrinsically of value to me. Uh, Mm, That's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love the pausing for dramatic thought. So what else about a goal? What else about saying goal? You talked about ambiguity as well, then sometimes they can be quite unclear. Yes, yeah. So knowing what good looks like, I suppose, and being able to articulate. So if we, if we carry on with the, the gym or the fitness theme, because it seems to be a really popular one for most uh-huh. people, what does good look like? Because if we're not clear on the end game, let's just say we have a really competitive or perfectionistic streak in us, nothing is ever good enough. Mm. So what does good look like? Good looks like being able to, I don't know if it's bench press a certain kilo or good looks like being able to do five chin-ups. So create sort of a goal which you can kind of measure, but also uh-huh. know when you've achieved it. So there's some clarity around what it looks like. Uh-huh. Perhaps you want to run five kilometers in under 30 minutes. So have some clarity around so that you can track your progress against an actual goal that you've created versus uh-huh. an ambiguous and lofty one, which, you know, and that's one of the, I think one of the really important things about tracking progress and sticking to goals is being able to see progress and monitor it in ourselves. Yeah. So if we only ever focus on the end game, you know, so let's just say. I want to be fit. Or something. Yeah. And that's I want really, to be strong. That's really, that's, there's so much. And you might find yourself comparing yourself to a bunch of other really strong people, but what does strong look like for me? Well, actually, I just want to have enough strength to do X, Y, and Z, and I'll know I'll, when I'll reach that goal because this is what it will look like yeah. for me. And it's kind of weird because I think people stop short of that because it feels weird with personal goals to do that sometimes. People just want to like be like, yeah, I'll just get more fit or you know, spend more time doing this or something. But I guess it's breaking it down to being a bit more granular of does that mean – so if I, I want to run five kilometers in under 30 minutes, mm. I'm going to go for a run every week. I'm going to, you know, whatever that is, what are the sub goals, I guess, along the way? Yeah. Yep. So you know if you're on track or not to getting there. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you, you know, when you, if someone's got a, I don't know, if you apply it to a work context and you say, you know, I know I need to let go of control and delegate more. Well, uh-huh. What does that actually look like? And, uh-huh. and how will you know when it's working? So we actually need to have markers for ourselves that we can actually see. That's the granular piece. So we can see it when it's working. And if it's not working, we can intercept and think, what do we need to shift and change? The goal's still in mind. We're tracking it and measuring it as we go and adjusting where we need to. Because the other thing about goal setting, like the meditation one came to mind, I often find some clients will make these big goals and it's kind of like an all or nothing. So they go, it's going to be 20 minutes a day uh-huh. and it's going to be every day. Uh-huh. And that's not always, 
that's not always realistic for everyone's lifestyles. And so it's like, well, I either do that or I don't do anything. Well, hold on a minute here. What's the end game here? Maybe the end game is to create more peace and serenity or you want to be more present. Are there ways that you can do that that fit in with your lifestyle? So for example, one of the things I've suggested to clients before who know that meditation is something they want to test, but they find that they've put too much pressure on themselves to do a certain way. Mm. Can you do five minutes while you're in the shower? You know, so pair two things together well, to create a goal that's actually mm-hmm. manageable that's in your lifestyle. Mm. And it's not been so absolute, right? It's like, I'm going to do it every day. Mm. And then when you miss a day, it's like, well, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> and then you might be a bit critical on yourself. Well, it didn't work for me or. Um, well, and there's no coming back because it's like, you know, because yeah. that, that's the perfectionistic goal, isn't it? It's yeah. like. All or nothing. It's too much. And so the second you miss it, then it's like, well, the goals, I can no longer attain the goal. So I'll give up rather yeah. than continue on. Yeah. Well, so, and that is totally, that is about like interrupting and going, well, the question you want to ask yourself is what got in the way of me being able to achieve that goal? And it might be that your situation simply doesn't allow that amount of commitment or uh. your lifestyle. It's like people who travel a lot for work and they say, well, I can't exercise because I travel uh. a lot. It's not that you can't exercise. It's that you haven't figured out a way to build it into your lifestyle. Uh-huh. So if you go to a particular gym or you have a personal trainer based at your home, but you travel and you're in three different cities every week, is that a fitness goal that, or is that an action that's going to assist you in your obtaining of that goal? Or do you mm. need to look at different ways of achieving it? Mm. So this is how do you work it in? Work it into your lifestyle. And so it's interesting you, you brought up there about the, you know, if you're trying to change your high power or something. So, you know, in, in our context, you know, we deal with people's thinking and behavior and so on. And so for a lot of people, their New Year's resolution might be around that. So maybe they've done an LSI in the last, you know, however many months. And so they have a goal of, I'm going to, you know, work on this competitive thing or I'm going to work on this Mm. dependent thing or whatever it may be. And so I guess in that context, because that's a bit harder in some ways than the fitness goal, because the fitness goal is more obvious, Mm -hmm. right? I can bench press a certain amount. Mm. I can lift a certain amount or run five kilometers, whatever it may be. So what does a good goal look like as far as like changing a style, a Mm. thinking style goes? How do you set that? How do you do that? Well, first thing is to identify what it is you're shifting away from and towards. So that's Uh again, that was that clarity piece. So depending on how the styles show up for people, let's just use dependent. Perhaps my, I've identified that what I want to shift is towards having a greater sense of confidence in my ability to make decisions independently Uh. or that I stretch myself and take on a manager role. And so then it's about chunking down the steps that you would need to take in order to get there. So what would you see yourself doing differently? Uh. If we weigh on the clock first all to the goal 12 months, if we deem an achievable goal in 12 months is to be operating independently, making decisions without checking in, you might want to put a metric around it. You know, so 80% of the time I'm able to kind of execute without without the need or requirement from others. So that's something you can you might identify where you are now as probably a 2080. So maybe it's a complete reverse of that. You can do the same thing with people who identify that they're not great at listening. So what's how often are you speaking versus listening? Put a percentage around it so you can actually see the shift in their behavior. And then what do you do as far as monitoring that? Because I think the, the next part is on that is how do you sustain it? And so I wonder, like with the exercise one, it's I guess you can have like a fitness tracking app or something. Mm. 
Well, it's like the equivalent of a fitness tracking app, but for, for behavior <laughs> thinking and, and behavior. Preference. Well, we, I think it's probably a couple of things. It's teasing out what would look different if you were doing this for you. So if let's just use, well, if we play the, um, let's do the, an easy one is that sees the leader that acknowledges they're not great at listening and they do a lot of telling and not a lot of question asking. Okay, yep. So the end goal for those individuals is not necessarily the talking less and listening more. The end goal for that individual, the one I'm thinking about, was to build the confidence in his, in his people to step up and take more leadership responsibility. So we know what good looks like in that regard, that he has direct reports that are, we realized that in his behavior, what was in his control was being able to ask more questions, explore their thinking, gain their input. And so he was able to monitor that behavior. And so tracking progress would be about chunking down, what will we see others do differently as a result of me shifting my behavior and being able to kind of explore what it could look like in three months, six months, 12 months. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So it's being quite clear on what does good look like, essentially, right? So what does it actually look like? And being specific on that. And again, we talked about this earlier. It's often we don't actually take that step. So it's taking that step. Mm. I wonder if you could also do stuff like, you know, fitness app tracks your running or whatever. You know, one thing to do would be just to record stuff actually in like a journal or something. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. and I don't mean necessarily like writing a giant page entry every day or whatever, but it's just noting things down. So at the end of the day, just being like, you know, in that meeting, I did this or I didn't do that, whatever it is. It's a great technique. I worked with a, a guy once who, in a recent project I was on, who was trying to change his power style, a different client, but he also had, he tended to have emotional outbursts. And so what he did every time he had them was he took a note every day that he did it. This is a way of keeping him in check. And so he noticed the reduction over time oh. as well. He would also go back and apologize as a build on that, but when he found himself becoming a bit aggressive. But yeah, and that was one, then he would go back and revisit and he would see the progress oh. over time. That That is one thing that high achievement individuals do. You just sort of sparked a thought in me. They also revisit the goal. Yeah. Periodically. Yeah. And I think another way of doing that is actually writing it down. Definitely writing it. And sharing it with people as well. And sharing it with people. Yeah, bringing it front of mind for you. So sharing it with your loved ones, sharing it with your peers, sharing it with, you know, this is what I'm focusing on at the moment. Mm. This is how it's going. It's just keeping it front of mind. Mm. Like it's funny, last, or the last New Year's, wrote some wrote some goals down. And I wrote it on a giant flip chart. I don't know if I've even looked at the flip chart again, but the fact of writing it down, I've actually remembered them more than I would have otherwise, yeah. I think. And it's in there. Well, I think writing it down definitely helps in this age of everything's on a device. I still have a preference for handwriting things that seems to lodge into my brain a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So what else as far as sustaining a goal mm. goes, what other tips would you have there for people? What happens if like come March, I've realized that I'm off the I'm off the path. Yeah. Well first thing what I've learnt is when you find yourself going off the path, it's observing that you've done it in a non-judgmental fashion, which is actually what some of the meditation techniques is ultimately about, observing in a non-judgmental way. Because if you have a tendency to get critical and like that all or nothing or critical and self-doubt, and so if that's where you go when you don't meet something you've set out to meet, then that can be a spiral down versus oh. a spiral back up. So 
it's really about observing, okay, so it's flicking back into that cause and effect thinking, okay, so I've actually veered away what's caused that to happen. And it might be, you know, a really classic one, right, with individuals who tend to take on too much, let's just say they, you know, say yes, take on a lot of work or, and then it's a habitual pattern for them to park things like alone time or exercise, Mm. whatever it is that keeps them sane. And so they find themselves setting that goal, but then moving back into those old habits of just taking on more and more and more. So instead of judging that, observe it and ask yourself, what got in the way then? Because there will tend to be a pattern and the pattern might be, and it shows up in the circumflex, pattern might be that I've gone back into those, I'm just exuding those patterns, right? Which is saying yes to things without thinking about it. Mm. So it's not about judging it, getting annoyed at yourself or getting doubtful just about raising your awareness, the cause and effect thinking of what happened, what caused me to go off? How can I nudge myself? What needs, what do I need to shift in my environment and my thinking that can get me back onto the course Mm. to pursue that goal? Mm. And giving yourself another chance. Yeah. It's going, you're going to, they say what, seven or eight times you fall off the wagon when you're creating new habits. There was a, 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 a measure done on Smokers trying to change, you know, seven times is pretty standard to, to kind of pick up, up the cigarette again. And yeah, yeah. I think that's the number, don't quote me. Give yourself a bit of a break. But you keep trying. You keep trying. And I think that's the point. You keep trying and you don't flog a dead horse. You figure out what's getting in the way. Yeah, right. Like, what do I need to change in order to do this? That's true. It's like people talk about being persistent and so on. And absolutely, we should be persistent. But if it's not working that way, you've got to find a different way to do it. So yeah. it's not about just keep hitting your head against the wall the same way yeah. <laughs> and I'm never giving up. It's like, you think, I was thinking about this client who's like, drove herself very aggressively else I won really hard on herself. And, no, I must get up. I must go to the gym. I must. She was doing this, um, I don't know, this boot camp exercise and then she was really flogging herself to get there. She had the goal of losing weight, but she was. it was also easy for her to fall off the wagon and what she noticed was she actually really didn't enjoy that kind of exercising. Mm. She did it because she told herself she must. We reframed the action into something that she enjoyed doing. And what she enjoyed doing was exercise where she could have conversations with people. So she'd go on walks with a friend. Mm. So she paired her time. Like, so you do have to sometimes get, get curious about why you're not continuing because there could be another way of approaching it mm. that you hadn't yet thought of that might be more enjoyable and make you more attached, I suppose. I've often said that with exercise ones. You know, people debate about what's the best exercise to do. And I always think it's the one you, the it's one the you, one you keep doing. Yeah. It's the one you keep doing, right? Yeah. Whether that's running or, you know, whatever it is, it's a whole lot more effective than the one that's like the greatest workout, but you never go because yeah. it's awful. The one you keep doing, the <laughs> one you keep going back to. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And so it's the same with every, everything else. So you got to find a way to actually do it rather than like the most effective thing. Yeah, what people, what the current fad is, what people what are saying. What the current fad is. <laughs> You should do. The other thing I think is you can build in some checkpoints for yourself to revisit New Year's goals and stuff like birthdays, you know, other days. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I like to do a Chinese New Year resolution. Oh, cool. Which is when you, cause you, you might have point. fallen off the wagon already <laughs> on your New Year's resolution. You get to re-up it in like February or something. But, you know, it's a way of just like <laughs> bringing yourself back and being like, okay, if I have fallen off the wagon, then how do I... You know, try again. Yeah. Or double down or remind myself. What can we try differently? Remind myself. Because some of the goals aren't like, some of the goals I set weren't a daily habit thing. It was like a this year I want to achieve something. And so it might be that you don't do it in the first three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it might just be a goal that's coming later in the year. 
Yeah, not? and that's where you, you know, if you've got this sort of long-term goal, let's say, you know, want to be a marketing executive and it's uh-huh. that's unrealistic to achieve that in 12 months' time. Yeah, it could be. The, you know, the question then becomes, what is it I'm doing in pursuit of that long-term goal? Uh-huh. How does it contribute to the long-term pursuit of that so that it's not about I need to be there faster or immediately, but I'm contributing to that long-term. Exactly. So it's breaking that down because you can't just, you know, do a little marketing executive every day or so, something like that, right? But it's, okay, well, how do I position myself? How do I get the experience and so on? What experience do I need? Yeah. And kind of then doing that over the year and, you know, hopefully by the end of the year or by the end of several years, however long that goal takes. Yeah. A few steps closer. Yeah, just moving day. closer towards it, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Do we have any other tips for anyone trying to maintain that New Year's resolution? I don't know if I do have any more tips at this point. I think for me is like sometimes people get down on the whole New Year's resolution thing, right? Like, oh, you know, I never stick to it and all that. But I've read a lot of research that actually says of any day in the year, you're most likely to stick to that one. It doesn't mean you're going to stick to them at all or or to all of them, but it is that whole fresh start effect. It gives you a chance to, because generally you don't set goals on other days of the year. Mm. You know, like there's very few days, it's only like birthdays and stuff like that where you're kind of like a bit reflective. Often it's just, you know, Tuesday at work, you know, you're not feeling in a long-term goal-setting mood. So those days actually, so even if it doesn't work, it's called a reframe, isn't it? To think about what's important. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about whether you necessarily meet every step of the way. It's um, taking the time to ask yourself the question is powerful in itself, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. I love that. I think that's a great note to end on too. So happy new year to all our listeners out there and happy new year to you, Liana. Happy new year. And we hope you set some fantastic goals for yourself, both personally and professionally. I know I haven't set mine yet, but I'll have a think about it before New Year. Yeah. And if you have any questions about goal setting or others, write us a letter, email. Yeah, write us an email. So it'll be uh, podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. Or tell us how you're getting on. Maybe we should do a check-in show halfway through the year. Yeah. Remind everyone of their goal. And how are <laughs> you traveling? up to it Yes, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, um, all the best and we'll talk next year. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. Thanks for being part of our amazing community. We can only do it together with yourself. So long for now. Thank you.